Welcome to a new episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. While we were attending Render ATL at a networking event, one of our listeners asked me if we could cover a topic on networking. Kind of funny at being at a network event. Uh, it made a lot of sense to me. And so I figured in this episode, let's all share our thoughts on networking and share some of the success stories that we've had or experienced while using networking in our careers. Let's go around and give introduction of today's panelists. Jem, you want to start it off? Jem Young, engineering manager at Netflix. Stacey London, principal front end engineer at Atlassian. Hey everyone, I'm an API engineer at Netflix. Hello everyone, my name is Augustus. I'm a software engineer at uh, Twitch. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we'll all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Connection. 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 All right. Which hopefully in your networking, you're making some sort of connection. But yeah, let's let's dive into the topic. I feel like oftentimes some people are a little skeptical of putting in the effort to networking. And so maybe to level set and start, why even bother networking? I mean, I, I guess I could start with, I don't know about like networking as a something that I've, I have done it intentionally, but I don't, most of the things I'm going to are like, because I'm interested in the topic of the thing, like the, the, so like a JavaScript meetup, I'm like interested in that, but I'm not necessarily going to network, but it kind of just happens as you talk to people. And then through that, I would say a lot of my ability to get jobs has been because people I've met through those kinds of events or like doing this show and like meeting people through the show, like it's opened a lot of doors and so that's been, I think, really huge for me. Like if you are able to expand all the people that you know, and that just helps open more doors, especially if you're trying to look for work. Yeah, I think that's well summarized, Stacey. Like I think there's sometimes it's hard to know like what the benefits are in the moment. Like you said, even going to an event that you're like, oh, I wasn't really going to network, but you end up meeting someone and you're like, wow, OK, that that's great. Actually, I think, Stacy, you and I met at a, an event many years ago at a conference in San Francisco. And, you know, I think that was like 2013 or 2014, like it was so long ago, but it's like, that wasn't the intent. It was like, we were both there going to see talks that we were interested in. And it's like, just so happened that that's where we met, which is, I don't know, I think that is very powerful, but it's, it's hard to know the benefits right away. Yeah, I guess I'll kind of echo that. I, I guess I'll just add that, like, you just never really know, like, when um, someone you meet might like, be helpful not even if like even if you're not even intentionally looking for some guidance like I remember just like meeting random people and like if I'm ever curious about like a career change or something like it's always good to like have people you can like reference and I've always seen networking as like a way to get like more diverse perspectives on other things so I hope people like don't just take away that like you have to network with people within your career it's like really cool to network with people who are outside of your career. Like my my girlfriend's an optometrist and I've met so many doctors. And it's really cool to even hear like some of the technical problems they face in healthcare. And it's like, oh, what kind of solutions can we think for that? And stuff like that. I, I like that advice, Augustus. That's that's not something you hear very often, like broaden your tech horizon. Usually when people talk about networking, it's always in relation to 
finding a job or getting something from the other person, like career advice or mentoring or something like that, which which is true to some degree. But uh, to me, that doesn't seem genuine. It kind of seems, it seems a little scummy. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, and I know like popular advice, even for people exiting boot camp and uh, from, you know, people on Twitter are always like, always be networking. You never know where your next opportunity is going to come from. And I'm like, that's, that's not where it should be about. It should be about making these genuine connections. And if that's in tech, if it's not in tech, cool. Um, you know, let it, let it be the way it should be. But I think approaching the idea of networking, making friends, making connections, cheers, with, cheers. with other cheers. people is uh, for like solely your own gain is kind of weird. It'd be like, hey, I'm friends with Cole and Augustus and Stacey and Ryan because someday I intend to get something out of them versus like I enjoy their their companionship, their their feedback, things like that. That to me is what networking should be, not this, oh, hopefully I'll get a job or something. But I don't know. What do you all think? Am I am I too cynical about uh, the advice I hear around networking? No, I think it's a, si- a really great side effect because like when you actually make genuine connections, real like human connections with people, it's a nice side effect. And I don't think people like vouching for you just because you fake networked. You know, like that's not going to open the right doors. That's going to open weird doors. <laughs> I agree. I feel like networking is a lot like dating. Like when you go looking for it, you find nothing of what you want. But when you just sit there and enjoy it and let it come to you, uh, you build these beautiful relationships that are built on fun, on trust, on common interests. And uh, all of the jobs that I've ever found came from there. But it wasn't because I was looking. It was because we had that strong connection. And there was this moment where like, hey, I'm going through this and they're there to help you and you're there to help them. And it was, it was funny. I actually got my job from Netflix from a previous colleague who happened to know Ryan and I happened to be looking for work and said, Hey, uh, could you pass my resume along? And because I, my friend knew Ryan, it, that connection worked and that's the power of a network. And we're still friends. Like, even though it, like I agree with Jim, you don't want it to feel transactional. And that's really where like, you got to keep a connection growing. Yeah, I think sometimes you can be, you know, explicitly be trying to network in ways where it is a little bit transactional in some ways. Like I think about I'm, I'm, I'm agreeance in all of what you're saying. Like, I would prefer to almost be networking with people where it's like, it doesn't feel like you're forcing that. And I think all the best networking that has happened to me or things that have benefited me, uh, similar to Cole, like I likely attribute getting my job at Netflix is just because of being at conferences and events and meeting some of the engineers at Netflix and just genuinely having conversations with folks where it was like, Hey, like we're doing this at our, this company, you guys are working on that. Like, how's it working? Just generally having those conversations to like share ideas. And then it turns into, you're like, wow, I kind of want to work with these folks and they want to work with me. And, and, and that kind of can happen. So it's a lot more natural, but I do think there's opportunities though, when I think Jem, you mentioned like a boot camp. it's like, well, ultimately you are trying to find a job and Sometimes it's going to be a lot of work to get that job and you still don't want it to come across super transactional, but I think there's ways in which you can approach it where it's like, maybe it's reaching out to people on LinkedIn or, or people in your network and saying, 
I would love to actually just learn more about Augustus, like what it's like to work at Twitch. I know you've worked there for a while. Can, can you take 30 minutes or 15 minute call to just tell me about your role? And and to me that it's not, you're not asking for like, hey, give me a job, but you are learning something and you are making that connection. So I think there are ways you can do it where it doesn't feel as, oh, you can't help me on to the next person. It, it That's where it feels a little bit kind of icky. I love how you... Well, you included me in your example, so of course I love it. But but I, I was gonna say for like like people who are new in their career, like I love the advice you give. Like definitely approaching it from a what can I learn a little bit about your role. Like I know like for people who are looking for their first start in the career, they're kind of aggressively just trying to get what they can. But you know you might not know if it's a good fit for you, and you don't want to just rush into it. That's why it's always good to just reach out if you can find someone. Just ask, hey, what's your experience like? And, you know, really focus on, you know, there's the good, but then also what are the things you don't like? And that can help you, like, avoid something that you might not like. (laughs) That's true. Like, sometimes you can save yourself headaches where you're like, oh, I want to go work at that company. And then you're like, actually, maybe I don't want to go work at that company. (laughs) I'll say uh, one, yes. It's it's good to know to learn the insides of different companies. I definitely talk to people, whether it be an after hours event or something like that. And you know, you really get into it, and they're like, "Yeah, you don't want to work for this company. It's 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 not good." Or, or like, "I'm on my way out." Um, <laughs> you ever have you ever joined a company only to have the person who referred you like leave like six months later or something like that? Uh, that that's a case of like may, maybe your connection wasn't as close as you thought. If they're gonna they're gonna pull that on you, but uh, yeah, in general, it's a good idea to have a, have your finger on the pulse of the industry. Like the career is your career is what you're gonna spend the next 20, 30, 40 years of your life doing. It's a good idea to have connections into various parts and not just tech, uh, just in general, um, things that you find interesting, people that are interesting. Uh, but if it has to be tech, it's good to have a broad set of people to to be able to just talk to and you you have genuine connections with. Uh, I was just at a smashing conf where I was speaking in San Francisco, and I finally got to meet Adam Argyle, uh, who uh, we'd never met in real life, but like we instantly connected, and we're like, yeah, we we could have we would have been BFFs in a in a different life. We lived in the same city, uh, but it's just someone like we've connected over Twitter, and then like we met in real life, and the connection holds up. And that's such a great feeling. And there's there's nothing to it other than just genuine friendship. And those are those are really rare moments, um, especially in this transactional world where everybody's like, "Oh, where do you work?" You know, every if you've ever been to a party in San Francisco, every party begins with, "Oh, where do you work again?" Uh, which, yeah, is we can do better than that. So, I have more on networking, but uh, I'll I'll stop there. Yes, uh, talk to people, get to learn the inside scoop. It's very helpful when you're making friends and networking. I'll also add, it's a really small industry. When I joined Netflix, I ran into five people from my old company within the first two years. And whether you're an engineer, a PM, some other role or function, it is such a small industry and you will see people again, whether you met them on Twitter, whether you met them at work or at a conference. 
and treat that as you would like that you are going to see these people again. It's a good way to put it too, because you're right. Like you can also burn bridges pretty easily in in a small community like that too. So you don't want it to necessarily be super transactional or icky feeling on that side, because yeah, you want to build those longer term connections. Jim, I think it's so funny that you mentioned Adam Argyle. That was the first time I met him was at Smashing Conf too. And yeah, it's, it's really funny that how you Twitter is one of those aspects we've talked many times, many episodes about networking. It it actually, to me, feels like less icky is like Twitter is because you're not ultimately jumping on there to network, or at least that's not really been my thought on it. It's more, it is more passive. It's not, but you start to build these connections over time and they are quite meaningful. Like where I meet a lot of people, yeah, cheers to connections. But yeah, they're they're pretty mean, meaningful in the sense that like you meet people for the first time in real life and you've already spoken with them so much over Twitter. So I think that's always been a useful tool. What are other ways that you all find useful for networking? Well, I think we talked a little bit about like conferences and meetups. I think that was a big thing. I mean, obviously the pandemic put a little a dent in that um, uh, for a while, but definitely tech conferences. And then I, I co-ran... Uh, a JavaScript meetup in the city I lived in prior to moving out to San Francisco. And like, that was huge for meeting all sorts of people in the community. And um, those are two really big ways for sure for me. Uh, I'll throw in, um, not, not that I expect people to do it, but uh, open source has always been a really cool way to network, uh, especially in tech. Um, Like I can't exactly remember the context, but I had an internship where I had to contribute to some open source project and I ended up running into the guy that worked on it and it ended up, you know, uh, well, okay, I'll be honest. It didn't ma- amount to much, but it was just like a really cool experience, you know, to like meet someone that like you worked with, even though we never met. And I, I personally think it's like a good, a good way to meet people that, you know, and depending on what the open source project is, you know, could be front end, could be back end. You never know who you'll run into and like if you go to conferences or something like that. And then by then you've already built a connection. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Wink, wink. Ring a ding ding. And you'll <laughs> build some credibility <laughs> uh, with, with them. I, I like your take on uh, open source, Augustus. That, that's a good one. Not I'm not super heavily involved in that community, but uh, it is pretty active and the people there are really passionate, which is a great way to to make connections over your uh, shared passions. Uh, overall, I, I'd say, so I think some of the best ways of networking is to be an interesting person, which sounds like really weird, but like do something of merit or do something worth talking about with somebody else rather than being like a passive consumer of like open source or uh, blogs or things like that. Like build something, even if it's terrible and like connect with people over that. I, I, nothing is better than someone like getting really passionate, even the, especially early years, people talking about like their open source project and the the challenges they work through and all that. And there, it could be a to-do list app or something like that, but that passion makes me want to talk to them more. Cause I was like, Oh, if they're really excited about this, what else are they excited about? And like, you kind of need that enthusiasm. Uh, so that, that's always my advice is like, be an interesting person, like be, be someone who people want to talk to uh, that's the easiest way to network, honestly. 
Yeah, so I guess in that sense, Gem, too, it's a little bit of putting yourself out there, too, is being vulnerable enough to talk about things that you enjoy or, you know, share that with the world, whether it be through social media or, you know, talking about it at an event or something like that is like that could, you know, it's a a hurdle, but just like knowing that that's like putting yourself out there can mean a lot. Another good way if you're a bit more on the like introverted side like me or you, it took me a while to ever get in front of an audience. I hung out in forums and chat rooms, and uh, that's another great way to connect with people who are seeking help, or uh, maybe they're that interesting person that Jem's talking about. And, you know, while some people are interesting, other people are kind of like hype people, and sometimes that's me. I, I like to hype people up, and so that's another great way to connect with someone is take an interest in them. Take an interest in, be curious about what they're doing and uh, passion just unfolds like that and you'll connect in that way and build common interests. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I kind of just want to acknowledge that the way we network today, like five years ago before COVID and how networking happens now is very different. Um, so I definitely uh, acknowledge what maybe people go through, like, but also, I think there's a huge benefit nowadays. Like, there's a lot of online communities. Like, I think, like, every um, open source project has, like, a Discord or Slack organization. And there's just, like, so many opportunities to just hop into some chat room, like Cole was mentioning, like, online forums where you can meet people who have similar interests and connect. And you never know where that will take you. I've actually had people who've like literally reached out to me on Reddit, like my Reddit account where I'm just like memeing away, posting, (laughs) posting pictures of my dog. And, but they'll find out that I answered some question in CS career questions subreddit or something. And they'll be like, Hey, I, you seem like an engineer. Like, I'm just hoping you could give me some advice. And I always try to respond. That's really cool. And I do like the call out about pre-COVID versus like post-COVID world. It it has changed, but I think some ways it may have made it easier in some sense. Like, Like you mentioned, Augustus, I think about even the fact that all of us got so used to jumping on video calls and that to me can be a powerful way to connect with people in the sense that you know, even going back to my advice, if you're like wanting to like learn about a company or that it doesn't have to feel so icky that you can jump on calls with people versus like in prior days, it might've just been like a phone call or something. You couldn't easily go grab coffee, but being able to like look at each other over a screen and kind of talk through that is people are more used to that. And I think it helps build that connection. Cheers. 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 So I think a couple times it's come up a little bit about successes that we've had. I would love to dive a little bit deeper on that. Like, what are some success stories that you feel maybe it's getting a job or meeting certain people that have helped you in your career? Like, what are some success stories that you would share? Uh, for me, you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know what you don't know until you talk to other people and ask them like, hey, here's what's on my mind. Can you tell me what you think? And it wasn't until I did some of this networking stuff, like joining a Discord server or going on forums, that I even knew that I was being so severely underpaid in startups. And so it wasn't until I saw a job posting that I moved across the country, got a new job, 
new life, new coal, new dog. And so you really just have to put yourself out there and like be that vulnerable, like you said, Ryan. I'll I'll say that I'm always very thankful that, and you know, nowadays, like uh, it's post-COVID. So take this with a grain of salt, but I'm always pretty thankful that I was weird enough to try to go to these hackathons and try it out. I felt like even though a lot of them I failed at, I, I learned a lot and I met a lot of people along the way. And the one time that I, that I was able to do well in one, it really opened a lot of doors for me. Um, and yeah, that, so I, I'm like super thankful for that. Um, I know like not everyone's going to win a hackathon or something, but I, I would say like, like if you have the opportunity, whether it's an online one or an off in person one, like just like, putting yourself in an environment where you have to work with others or work on a project. It could be literally anything. It doesn't even have to work. I'll be honest. I'll just shamelessly say that our project, like our final result, we faked it till we made it. And people, people knew, but they were like, you know what? It's okay. Because it's the idea. It's not the actual implementation. Like you have an infinite amount of time. Maybe you'll figure it out. But just that experience of working to others was very invaluable. And I met a lot of great people along the way to help get me where I am now. I, I like the point on uh, understanding how much you should be paid. Like that's that's a pretty, pretty important one that I, I've done the same thing. I'm like, wait a second. Wait a second. I, I could get paid how much? And like, I just had no idea until I talked to people and like made that connection where we were on that level and they, they shared that. I was like, oh, wow. Uh, that definitely changed the the course of my career. Um, we've definitely told plenty of stories over the many, many years of front and happy hour of how I met Ryan at a conference by speaking. And he's just like, yeah, you want to get lunch? Um, but I, I think it would help to define networking because we keep saying it, but we've never really talked about what what it is. Like, what does it mean to network? Anybody want to take a crack at it? I mean, it, it definitely has something to do with our keyword in this episode. I mean, it to me, it is like it's meeting people and just understanding the, that person on a human level. And so you are technically, I'm going to say it is you're making connections. Cheers. 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 And I think it's maybe more than just like collecting a list of names of people that you meet like one time and never really talk to ever again. It's like the, the net for me, what networking is, is like we talked about earlier is like actually making a real connection having similar interests or being excited to talk to each other about things, but then like maintaining it. So don't just like drop off the face of the earth with that person. And then like six years later, be like, Hey, can you recommend me for a job? Like we, you know, it's like that doesn't feel right and doesn't work. And so to me, that's not networking. That's just like, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> networking is, yeah, collecting names, <laughs> expanding your LinkedIn network to like 7,000 people. <laughs> Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> Pokey LinkedIn. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Gotta connect them all. <laughs> um, I love that, Stacy. And when I talk to people about networking, I feel like the analogy I love to use is like gardening. Uh, you start this garden, you plant some seeds, and you water it day over day so that it grows, it nourishes, and 
I, in the end, you hope to get something, or I mean, whether or not you're treating it as a transaction, you, you hope to see something bloom. And what happens is if you just walk away from that garden and you don't water it for two, three or four weeks, it's going to wither and die. And that connection, cheers, is not going to mean much if you're not putting stuff back into it, if you're not uh, feeding it or watering it. And so I like that analogy because that to me helps me, in my mind, crystal clear, understands that, yeah, you want this uh, relationship because it is a relationship to grow and you want it to be built on a solid foundation. I like that. What are some ways using the analogy of like watering the the plants, what are ways in which you kind of keep a network or networking connection alive? Cheers. Does sending TikToks count? <laughs> Yes, sending memes to each other. Yeah, absolutely. That is, I would say that that warrants it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I got a really good one. Get the people you want to network with and start a podcast. And you you just. Interesting. I've never (laughs) heard of that one before. Start a podcast, release episodes. It works. (laughs) I like the memes one. Like we're we're laughing, but I, I appreciate when someone's like, Hey, Jeb, I saw this meme and it made me think of you. And I'm like, that's nice. You know, and it's pretty low stakes, more than I expect out of anybody. And it's just like, yeah, they're they're thinking of me. And, and, and Cole, I, I really like that analogy of tending the garden. And that's, that is absolutely true. Uh, one thing I've learned is being, being a parent is like relationships take work, friendships take work. You have to put in time. They don't just happen organically. Um, so that means like, Realistically, there's a there's a limit to how many friends you can actually have if you're gonna like actually be a good friend with them. But that doesn't mean professionally you can't stay in contact with people. See, they they launch something and be like, "Hey, congrats on your team launching that!" Or, "Hey, I saw on LinkedIn you got a promo. Awesome, good work. I'm really cheering for you." And like that's all you need over the years, I, I think, to to maintain professional connections. Cheers. Uh, it Cheers. doesn't have to be Cheers. deep, meaningful. How are your children doing? Tell me about your life goals, things like that. It it could just be pretty, pretty casual. It's almost like somewhere in the middle. It's like you don't want to send the like canned LinkedIn, you know, where they have those buttons where you can click it to be like, congrats on the promo. You know, it's like go somewhere a little bit better than that. That's like that you wrote it and not not auto bot generated. But yeah, you don't have to be like go go into like let's have a two hour conversation about where you are in life. It's like those two extremes, but you can go a little bit better than a bot. (laughs) Well, will there be some point where AI is just doing all of our networking for us? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Oh, geez. What are some ways though that I think that's a good one that Stacy mentioned, you know, just having that like auto click button where it's, it's not very meaningful, but like, what are some ways where, networking doesn't quite work or like land like we've all had that right where we're at events and someone comes up to you and talks to you or reaches out to you linkedin twitter email phone calls i don't know whatever what are mistakes that you've seen made where it could help people do better at networking we've said it is like don't make it super transactional because then it's just like okay clear you just want something for me it's that it doesn't feel great but like are there other things that you feel aren't a good way to approach networking. Uh, one of them for me that really creeps me out is when someone guesses my work email somehow 
and then sends me a message being like, hey, um, I just wanted to see if you'd like, you know, refer me or I'm, I'm interested if you could tell me more about, you know, Atlassian. And I'm like, I didn't give you this email. This is creepy. Like, I, this is not published anywhere. I, I don't like that. Like that kind of approach really, really bothers me. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, I've definitely received that. And it's kind of creepy. But I'm like, wow, huh, pretty clever. How did they guess this? But uh, um, one one that I will add is, um, you know, even though you might make the best effort to try to network with someone, kind of, kind of actually, kind of like what Jem said, you know, especially I'm also running into this into my part of my life. Like, it's hard to maintain relationships and find time. And I would say, don't take it personal if someone just does not reciprocate and it's not bad intentioned, you know, it just like be understanding that not everyone can reciprocate the same amount that you might be able to give. Um, cause, because yeah, they just, they, you don't know what someone's going through in their life and they honestly might not feel they can help you and how you need. And it's best to just kind of respect that. Um, it, cause yeah, if anything, I'm even more likely not going to help you. <laughs> like I might just be busy, but if you're like, Hey, whoa, are you serious? Like I, I'm going to be like, I really don't want to help this person now, you know? Yeah. I, I love that Augustus because like to make a garden grow, somebody has got to be watering it. And that could be you. That could be the other person. It doesn't mean you're both watering it at the same time. And that's how you keep it alive. I along those lines, like assuming not only like you have the time to help, but assuming you can help or you will help is another kind of pet peeve of mine. Like, for example, the worst kind of LinkedIn messages I get are, hey, you don't know me, but please refer me to this position at Netflix. I'm like, cool, I've got hundreds of those in my inbox right now. But why you specifically? Like, what are you bringing that sets you apart from everyone else? And along those lines is kind of an impersonal aspect to networking I don't like where somebody will say, hey, how's it going? How you doing? It's been so long since we've talked. Can you please get me a job? And I hate that. Like, don't bury the lead. Tell me what you want in the first minute. And if you want to chat afterwards, that's even better. Because like now I know not only like are you invested in the relationship and the connection, cheers, but you're also watering it. And so... Like, that is it for me. Like, don't bury the lead. Keep it uh, keep it personal. And don't take it personal, like Augustus said, if it doesn't work out. I'll add on that. Um, people cold reach outs when we haven't spoken in years. And they're like, can you give me a job? And I'm like, yeah, we, we may have known each other five years ago. But, like, you've made no effort. And the first thing you do is, like, can you refer me? It, it doesn't feel great. Uh, Another one is uh, along those same lines, Cole, is people that assume you have to help them or like, hey, hey, help me with this thing. I'm stuck on this or tell me about tell me about this or like, I don't know. They, they make assumptions about your time where I'm like the the office hours I hold are for the community benefit, but I don't have to do them. And I have other things I, I could be doing like, you know, work. Uh, but I choose to spend my time doing this. And I've had people get upset at me because they're like, oh, there's no slots in your office hours. Open some more up. And I'm like, I, this is a favor I'm doing for, for you. That's like how I like to give back. But you know, stuff like that does not make me inclined to, to help out people in the future. Uh, 
And then the the overly aggressive, hey, how's it going? Like too friendly. Where I'm like, I don't really know you either. It, it sounds like we're complaining, but I, I get a lot of messages and I have to filter through all of them. And I feel bad when I can't help everybody, but I genuinely do not have time to connect with every single person that reaches out. So like Cole said, make your point early. Uh, and then I'll decide based on that if if I can make time to, to help you out. But sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Uh, oh, uh, uh, this one this one is really, really annoying on how uh, one thing I really hate on what to avoid on networking. I've had I've had conversations with people, whether at a conference or a meetup or something like that, and we're talking and they're kind of like disinterested and like looking, looking off, like trying to get out of the conversation. And I'm just trying to be friendly. Uh, and then like someone will pop over like, oh, Jim, oh, yeah, you work at Netflix, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly the other person's like, oh, hey, I didn't know you worked at Netflix. And like suddenly I became a lot more interesting to them. And like I can see it. I don't know why people think I wouldn't be able to see it, but this happens more often than I'd like to the point where I stop talking about I don't tell people where I work because I don't want them to think that's the most interesting side of me. If it comes up later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to work at Netflix. Been there a while. Cool. And it's all good. But like opening with that, I, I've seen makes a lot of false relationships. So I just don't do it anymore. And it's really disappointing when I see people only want to connect with people who work at Google or the fang companies or something like that. Or for like Twitter followers and things like that too. Like <sighs> yeah. I've definitely seen that where it's like that person has so many Twitter followers. I got to go talk to them. It's like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, it's so funny, Jem. I can definitely agree with that feeling. I like kind of what Jem and Cole were saying too about some of the like incoming messages. I have very much similar feelings where it's like, I want to know what you're asking for, you know, fairly quickly in the message, but it also can't, you know, it's this weird balance that I'm hearing you both say, and I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. It's a weird balance where it's like, I want it to understand it fairly quickly, but I also don't want to just have the message like, Hey, can you get me a job at Netflix? I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that doesn't really give me a lot to go off of either, but I also don't the 30 page message that I get. And I'm like, ah, what are you asking for here? And that's also like, to me, is a tax on people, you're asking them to read a lot of information. And so I think that there's ways in which we can be more thoughtful in that and how we reach out to people. There's really great tools for that. There's this thing called ChatGBT that will actually help you like make things more concise and clear. And, and I think that why not leverage those types of things and like make your, you know, put thought into that message that's going out to people. I guarantee you will get more responses from it. You're not going to get response from everyone. That's like Jem said, his inbox is full. He's not going to, he can't get to everyone, but it's like those types of things you want your message to stand out. And so think about it as like when you're reaching out to some people, whether or not they're lots of Twitter followers or not, it like could be just reaching out to someone on LinkedIn or through email they're working, they have many other things that they're dealing with, or they have families, they have outside things and are going on. And so to me, it's just like taking that extra little bit of work to be thoughtful and that message can go a long way. Cole, you mentioned being an introvert or that that's like been, you know, sometimes I feel like that's a good one to call out here where people often are like, I'm introverted, I can't network. And, and so I'm curious, like, if that is trouble for people, like what advice would you all give someone who's a little bit maybe shy or not wanting to put themselves out there? I think what we often are afraid of, in addition to being vulnerable, is just fear of being judged and what other people are going to think about us. And when you take a step back and realize that, 
and that everybody's going through the same thing, it becomes a little bit easier because once you realize that everybody's human, like I don't care how many Twitter followers you have, you're either someone I want to relate to or you're someone I don't want to relate to. And find that common ground. Like it could be as simple as like, hey, I love that shirt. Where'd you get it? Or uh, what's something cool you've worked on in the last two weeks or an interesting problem that you're working on now? Those kind of questions just kind of open the door to a relationship, whether you're introverted or not. Also, I think, Cole, like sometimes we like to think that everyone's paying attention to you or like yourself. And it's like, they're not, they have their own shit to think about too. So it's like, but that is hard because like you do worry about how you show up in the world and that can, you know, that can definitely be a scarier thing to deal with or a barrier. (laughs) I think uh, many people on this podcast, we would probably describe ourselves as introverted. I I think, one, I, I think the whole introverted versus extroverted thing is kind of overblown. I think most people lean more on the introverted side and there's a spectrum, but um, especially in tech, we tend to be on more of the introverted side. That doesn't mean you can't be social. It just means like how you recharge your batteries. Is it by yourself or is it in like a giant group of friends? Like that, that's it. Uh, I would say, uh, if someone's like, Hey, Jem, I'm, I'm introverted. I can't, I have trouble talking to people say, okay, we, that's something you should work on because it is a skill as you progress in your career. It, it doesn't matter if you're going technical uh, to like staff principal style engineer or management, you have to talk to people. Uh, there's no avoiding that. And, and if you can't do that, you will shortchange yourself in your career. You'll be stuck at a certain level because everybody's like, oh, this person's brilliant, but I never know what they're thinking. Um, so I'd say like, if you have trouble networking, it's something to work on. It's, it's definitely underrated as a skill, but like, like the panels are saying, find some common ground. Everybody you're, you're do something. Even if you just stay at home, smoke weed and play video games. Uh, lots of people do, like doing that too. Uh, lots of us play video games. Uh, people collect Pokemon. People collect are really in the cars. People are really in the Legos. Everybody has some, some passion they're, they're about and like share that with other people. And naturally people will gravitate towards you if you're, they can tell you what you're into. Yeah, I think like maybe the introvert stuff is sometimes you you think about it like, oh, I'm standing in a room and I just have to like meander up to some random person and start a conversation and who knows what the topic will be. And that sounds all stressful. It's like, well, that's like a very weird sort of networking scenario. Most of them, you hopefully are like doing some sort of shared experience, like you're you went to see, um, you know, a particular tech talk and someone has, a, there's a topic and maybe afterwards you can like talk more deeply about that. So like, you don't have to cold walk up to someone and just start talking. Like that's just, that is awkward for almost everyone. So I think like, as long as you have like a shared experience you could start with, and then it just sort of can flow from there. I love that. Yeah. Like, cause it is connecting like on an interest or even just like, if you are at that conference or event, it's like, Hey, what'd you all think about how that, I don't know, JavaScript rendering was happening. I don't know, whatever it is, like you can kind of build off that. Another thing I learned actually, I don't know, it was a couple of months ago at Reactathon. Reactathon had this in their rules for the conference was a rule called the Pac-Man rule. 
I had never heard of it and I was the MC introducing these rules. And so I did actually find out right before what that meant. Um, I had never heard of it before, but I love it. It's like, even as you were like, if, if all of us, the five of us were talking at a conference is almost make yourselves inviting in a sense where that's the Pac-Man rule is that you kind of are in a circle, but kind of leaving it a bit open, like the mouth of the Pac-Man to almost leave room for others to kind of pop in. It's still hard to do, you know, being that person to be that one person walking up to four or five people. But I really like that it was just like being a little more aware that like you're opening up body language for others to join the conversation. I love that. And one thing I like to do too is just to keep my eyes open if I see someone standing by themselves, because I go to, I've gone to a lot of con- conferences or things that I don't know a single person. And it is hard to just meander around. So like I try to read, I don't know, return the favor, like I don't know, try, try to open that door too. So if I see someone meandering by themselves or kind of like inching close to a group, but kind of just standing there, I'll like invite them in or like say like, hey, what's up? Or, you know, and kind of invite them in. Be kind. <laughs> I like that. Being kind goes a long way. Maybe before we dive into picks, like let's give a piece of advice. If you've maybe never met someone and you do want to approach them with to meet them, how do you do that? Maybe it's at a conference. Maybe it's online. I would love a piece of advice from all of you that would make it easier for folks to go connect with someone. Be authentic. Uh, I, I believe that very, very truly. You should always be be authentic to yourself and. That means, yeah, 99% of people out there, you're probably not not going to walk off and become friends with. That's okay. You don't have to be friends with, with the world. Uh, I think un- accepting that is like important to being a well-rounded adult, uh, trying to make people like you or thinking you've su- succeeded or failed based on the number of people that, that like you or follow you on Twitter, whatever metric you want to use is not, is not healthy. Uh, but if you're genuine and you, you're like, hey, I'm really passionate about um, really gnarly TypeScript problems. And like this, what I nerd out on in, in the evenings, yeah, most people aren't going to be interested in that, but you'll find one or two and you'll make that genuine connection. And that's, that's really what it's about is like finding that, that level that you, that you, you know, connect on. So Cheers. Yeah, be, be genuine, be authentic. Um, a piece of advice, I guess, don't be, um, don't be a creeper. Try and read body language. <laughs> if you can tell, that someone is, you know, maybe they're like keep backing up from you or they're like not paying attention or whatever that body language is. They're not looking you in the eye, all of that. Pay attention to that. That stuff matters. And like, don't force it. <laughs> For me, I would say um, if you're the type of person who gets kind of anxious and kind of what Cole, Cole was saying, like you're the type of person who's like kind of scared to like, go out of your comfort zone. I have some funny advice my brother gave me. I was like really nervous to go to college. And I was like literally crying to him. I'm like, Alex, what happens if no one likes me? What happens if no one wants to be my friend? And my brother got really fed up. And he went to me, he's like, Augustus, if somebody came up to you and said, will you be my friend? Would you say no? And I said, no. He said, Good. So just do that to every single person in college. And I'm sure one person will have the same mentality as you and will be your one friend. (laughs) So the takeaway isn't to do that. But I think it's just like 
to understand that, you know, people have this, the same reasons to like network just as much as you. And if you put yourself out there, there's going to be someone that kind of aligns with your interests and wants to get to know you just as much as you want to get to know them. So, you know, take that leap and yeah, follow some of the advice we've been saying. I don't know. That's, I guess, did, did you make friends? I, I did make friends. <laughs> I, I managed to make friends. I love that so much because like, that really is the barrier to a lot of this is just assuming that it's going to go south or assume like your anxiety just gets the best of you. And something that was said to me many years ago, one of my first speaking opportunities, which really helped me was assume that everybody wants to see you succeed. Assume that everybody wants to be your friend, because at that point you're going to like, it's like pouring a glass of water. If you try and do it kind of like half ass, you're going to spill water everywhere. But if you pour the water full confidence as if it could get anywhere, which I just spilled <laughs> water all over my table, um, then you're going to make friends because you're going to project that. And I know that sounds easier. So just try it, like do Augustus's thing. Who's going to say no? Um, and if you run out of ideas, get a dog and just go up to people and say, hey, you want to see a picture of my dog? And literally nobody has ever said no. So I take that. <laughs> people love dogs. I love that. Another thing I was thinking about while you're all talking for conferences that I, I really like is, you know, oftentimes you're sitting beside people, right? Like you're all going to sit down for a talk and there's always that like small amount of time before the talk actually starts. You know, it doesn't take much to lean over to like your person on the left or right of you and just say like, hi, and like, hey, what? what do you do? Or, you know, I know, Jem, you don't like that. Like, what do you work on or whatever? But I think like some sort of small talk can go a long way that just that simple thing, which is is really good. Cool. Well, let's dive into picks. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose picks of things that we found interesting and want to share with all of you. In this episode, let's start with Augustus. What do you have for us? Cool. Uh, I have two picks. Uh, One, um, kind of two picks kind of built in, but um, if you haven't watched Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, I highly recommend. Uh, but my pick is actually um, this Lego trailer. So I don't know if people know there's a scene in the movie that uses Legos, and that scene was directed by, animated by a 14-year-old kid, and he got discovered for making these Lego Spider-Man things and so the director reached out to him. And so the video I linked is like, he kind of improved the original one he did like in 4K because he got this big gig. And it's just like, like such a cool story to hear um, this 14 year old kid, like making it big, you know? Um, so check that out. And then my second pick is a game called Viewfinder. Uh, it's not out yet, but there's a demo on Steam. It's just a very, very cool um innovative game where you have this camera and you take a picture and you solve puzzles because once you take that photograph, it will create like a 3d rendition of what you, what picture you took and you can, you solve these puzzles in a really uh, interesting way. I just thought it was very innovative. Awesome. Stacy, what do you have for us? I've got one music pick for tonight. Um, just like how networking can take a while. The name of the song is time takes a while. Um, by Daniel Avery. Um, it's some recent release of some B-sides and bonus material. 
Um, and it's kind of a dreamscapey electronic track that uh, is good for to listen to while you cook. Right on. Jem, what do you have for us? Uh, I've got three picks now. Uh, Ryan, you just remind me of one of the picks. Uh, the first pick is a, a documentary show on Netflix called Tour de France Unchained. I, I, I really, as someone who like, you know, amateur cycles very, very rarely, I used to do it a lot more. Seeing like the story of the Tour de France and the, the teams and the, the people involved is just unbelievable. Like how they push, they push the bounds of like what humans can do. And it's really, it's, I love like the, how it's tr- strategy. It's like real-time strategy playing out on the road. And these people are riding like a hundred something miles every single day for 20, 21 days. Um, and it's all about like discovering the limits of your own mental, mental self as long as physical self. And it's like having that deep understanding of how far you can push yourself and when, um, it's just like fascinating to the, the more I learn about Tour de France and professional cycling, like how complex it is and how, how in touch and with the, their bodies that these riders are like peak physical form. Uh, and it's just all about pain and suffering. And like, you know, you're facing this mountain where you're, you're climbing like two, three, four, five miles up a mountain at a race speed. Like it, it's just going to hurt. And that's all it's about is just like pain and the mental strength to overcome that knowing that this won't kill you, even though your body's screaming that it will, uh, and just pushing through that, but doing that every single day, um, is just, it's absolutely incredible. Like what, what humans are capable of. So, uh, Tour de France on chain is pretty, pretty solid documentary series. If you haven't learned any or seen anything about cycling. Um, the next one is a book that I've read before and has been recommended on the show, but I've recently come back to it on recommendation from, uh, my manager actually, because I was like, you know, I, I'm looking to grow my career. Um, you know, I want to see like, what does it take to become a director uh, in software engineering? But my problem is like, I don't really know what they do. And he's like, have you read the manager's path? And I was like, yeah, I have. And he's like, but did you read past the manager part? And I was like, no, I didn't. I stopped there. Uh, cause that, that was the relevant piece. So I'm coming back to this book and now, uh, in about two years, over two years as manager, I'm learning so much more, uh, like the, the words mean a lot more to me now that I've experienced it versus before when I read the book, I wasn't yet a manager. So uh, definitely worth picking that book up. So much good advice in it. And my final pick is uh, <laughs> a movie that uh, I, I happen to see with Ryan, uh, Fast and Furious 10. We saw it in theaters. We actually saw it during Render. We had the choice of going to an after party or be introverts and go see a movie. And we chose the introvert route of going to see a movie, uh, which is okay. Uh, I, I don't know what to say about Fast and Furious 10. It's it's like, um, I don't know. It like plays on itself and its ridiculousness. They they like acknowledge how how like absurd the whole universe is, which is it's fun in a way. Uh, I really like 10 because they just like trot out guest stars. Just like every, every action person eventually will be in a Fast and Furious film at, at some point. Uh, the plot's ludicrous. The action's ludicrous. Uh, you know, the rules of physics are bent. Actually, there's broken. Uh, they don't seem to understand that traction is the main thing on a car, not the horsepower. But yeah, that doesn't matter in Fast and Furious. So it's a pretty, pretty fun romp. And uh, Jason uh, Momoa is a pretty, pretty charismatic uh, villain in the in the film. So 
uh, yeah, it's fun if you're into the Fast and Furious franchise. It wasn't one of the worst ones either. Like, I feel like it's it's good. I think the worst ones are when they try to make it like a real serious action movie. Yeah. Like, I think the middle the middle ones, like six, seven. Yeah. It's like, just embrace that you live in this alternate universe where things, like the, the laws of physics don't apply to you uh, and have fun with it. And that's really what Fast and Furious is about. It's just like, having fun with it with cars. I also love that you called it ludicrous. Like, I'm like, yeah, ludicrous is in it, Jem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, bad fun. joke. <laughs> awesome. Cole, what do you have for us? Uh, my two picks today, my first pick is Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When the Stakes Are High. This book was recommended to me a few years ago, and I listened to it as an audiobook and fell in love with the messages and the uh, tactics and tips that the book gives you to engage in very difficult conversations, the kind of conversations I used to run away from because I have anxiety and I'm sometimes introverted. And this book can help you if you're dealing with tough conversations at work, at home, in your relationships of any kind. And really it's about how do you create safety and how do you establish the same pool of meaning so that what you're saying and what you're hearing is what the other person is saying and what they're hearing. And I've found it's really helped me. It's helped me overcome some struggles with my anxiety and dealing with tough conversations so that I always know to take a step back and think, are we on the same page? Are we feeling safe in this conversation? And my second pick is uh, as somebody who in their adult life has leaned off of alcohol and prefers other kind of um, delights and vices, I, I really like this company called Can. They have a social tonic with cannabis that is five milligrams. I'm drinking one right now. And it's honestly my favorite uh, replacement for alcohol because I never feel bad afterwards and it allows, it fits within my lifestyle. And so if you're looking for a great alcohol alternative, you can check out Cam. Right on. I have two picks for this episode. I have a TV show on Peacock actually called Based on a true story, funny enough, it's a like murder show and a podcast tied together, which I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like I've seen quite a few shows lately where somehow they're making a podcast and it's been about murder shows. I've seen a few lately where that's a thing. And I always kind of laugh. I'm like, all right, I guess this is like a thing. So, but it was a good show. I really enjoyed it. I just finished watching it. So I, I highly recommend checking that one out. And then a very serious pick for you all is... I don't know about you all, but like when I was a kid, I really liked having balloon fights, like water balloon fights. That was a lot of work. Like it ended up not being that much fun. By the time you were ready to do it, you'd already taken so much time blowing up balloons. Well, there's these amazing balloons out there now called Buncho balloons, which you just hook up to the tap and it it fills up maybe like 40 or 50 balloons. I don't remember the exact number all at once full of water and it's done. I've been having a lot of fun with my kids having water balloon fights lately. So highly recommend those. You won't be disappointed, uh, especially it's summertime right now. Seems like a great way to network. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening to our episode on networking. We like to network and, you know, you can find us on Twitter at FrontendHH. You can listen, subscribe to us on really whatever you like to listen to your podcasts on. You can also find us at FrontendHappyHour.com. Any last words? Don't take yourself too seriously. Just say hi. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>